And we're back with another episode of Rick's Horror Review, where we talk about things that are scary, TV shows, YouTube shows, movies, and documentaries, anything and everything that relates to horror, Catholic church, demonic possession, Episode. If this is your first time here, welcome. There we are. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Let's just keep these on for the rest of the show. If you are not familiar with the show, before my producers start barking in these ears of mine, allow me to tell you about our socials. You can find us on the Instagram, on the TikToks, and on the YouTubes. We're also on the Facebooks, but we hardly ever jump on there because that's for the old. But before I go on, I'd like to introduce the co-host of Rick's Horror Review Show, Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show, Billy the AI! Ah, ah here I am, and uh, it's good to be back, and uh, I, I kind of, you know, I gotta say something, uh, well first I gotta say a lot of things, but first, let's get back to the future, your kids are fuck ups, Marty, something's gotta be done about your kids, they're fuck ups. Uh, and uh, if if I could just cut the music for for one second, okay, yeah. Uh I mean I really like that new introduction. I, I don't what what why what with the new introduction? Well, I wouldn't call it a new introduction, but I would go ahead and call it a special introduction for a special episode. Cause tonight we are reviewing a special movie by the title of. The house at the end of time. Ah, uh, I understand now. I know why you did the special introduction. I, I remember being part of this episode, so I know exactly what this means. And uh, you know, I think the the returning listeners are familiar who who are familiar with the show are gonna know exactly what's going on. Yes, no more foreshadowing, there, Billy Boy. Let's uh, let's just get. Episode tonight, because we have a very simple format. If you are new around here, you don't know about this. But if you're a returning listener, well, I feel naked without my coat. 
And my glasses are fogging up from all the singing. In case you were wondering, wow, was that really you singing? That was amazing. That really was. <laughs> Allow me to clean my glasses here on air. And uh, otherwise, I mean, I could put the, let's try these bad boys back on. Yeah, these are not that bad, actually. I can totally see. Oh, look at this. Huh? <laughs> all right, all right. All right. We have a show format that we'd like to stick to around here. And first and foremost, I am going to talk about why I decided to review this movie. Then we'll have four fun film facts with Billy the AI. Then I'll tell you what kind of horror film this is. Whether or not I thought this film was skip. He missed. Oh, oh, you get in here, child. Damn you. Damn you, child. Hi, mister. Yes. Um, I want to ask you a question, but I don't want you to get angry. I'm going to get angrier. If you don't have the goddamn question, that's the goddamn question. Why is this movie scary? Get, get them right, this movie scary. Damn you, children. Up yours. Then I'll tell you. Whether or not the jump scare is overused. And then I'll talk about the things I like, but not things in general that I like. I like all kinds of shit, including playing the drums. I don't know if you can see my drum set back here. And then I'll talk about the things I didn't like, but not things in general I don't like. Like ranch. Ugh. Who likes that shit? No, things I didn't like about the film, not things in general I don't like. And then, courtesy of our listener in Brazil, obrigado, I'll tell you whether or not I fell asleep during this movie. And then we'll move on to whether or not this film was entertaining. You can have things that you like and things that you don't like and find the film entertaining. Right? Yes, absolutely. And then, of course, as usual, a segment formerly known as Do I Recommend It? I haven't said that in a while. Do I endorse this film? Then we'll give this movie a rating. I'll give you some context. We'll go over some illogical stuff if there's any. And then we'll do a full plot review, commentary, and as usual, and Billy's favorite thing of all things in the entire whole wide world, script accurate. They are never script accurate. Script accurate. They are never script accurate. Script accurate dramatizations of scenes from the film. And then we'll do an interpretation of the ending. And then we'll give you uh, another rating. Now, this time, uh, there's a slight bit of interpretation that's needed for this movie. And I'm talking as if I'm wearing my braces. <laughs> yes. Ah, but anyway, let's go on. Let's get this show on the road, huh, Billy? Billy, 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 you there? Uh, um, I thought you were going to play my music for a second there. Let's get this show on the road, huh, Billy? Uh, road. Well, where are you going? 
without night I rode. You get one of those. Well done. So why this movie? Well, I was uh, perusing, perusing the old television, and suddenly a horror film with a title that that read something along the lines of something something time, and of course. Anything that has to do with time travel, damn it, Marty! I gotta get back to the future, Marty. Your kids are a bunch of fuck ups. No, 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 you and Jennifer turned out just fine. You're talking about a movie that combines time travel and horror! Sign me up, damn it! Shut up and take my money! That's why. I was immediately sold. Movie with time on it, and then the under, and underneath, underneath it, it says, Oh, now brown cow. Oh, now brown cow. Unique New York. Right underneath it, it says, Whore. Ah, what more does there need for me to say? I don't need anything else after that. Sign me up. But anyway, uh, let's now. Um, what's going on here? What's going on? Oh, okay, it's working fine. I thought the scene switching was wrong, but no, it's working just fine. Anyway, let's move on to four fun film facts with Billy the AI. Billy, all yours. Ah, um, okay. Uh, welcome back once again to another, uh, uh, another exciting segment of four fun film facts. With Billy Day, I, I'm, I'm your host, uh, Billy Day, and uh, I've, I've, I've got some fun facts for you. You're right, Billy, you sound a little nervous. Ah, uh, well, I mean, I got, I got a lot of stuff to cover here, and, uh, you know, it, I, I, I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, la, la, last episode I was messing up a lot. I felt a little rusty. That's okay, we all mess up. No big deal. All right, here we go. Four fun film facts with Billy Day AI. Now, this movie, The House at the End of Time, is considered to be Venezuela's first horror film. It's actually recognized that way. Uh, this film was uh, produced in Venezuela, marking a milestone in the country's cinematic history. Take a bow, Venezuela. The movie's success, which, you know, it did begin a lot of success, uh, has contributed to the burgeoning interest in horror and supernatural genres within the Venezuelan film industry. You know, I thought you might like to know that. I had no idea. That's very, very interesting. I didn't know that this was considered Venezuela's first horror film. Were they never, uh, they, they never made any horror films before this? Well, I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to disclose so much information. Let's just go with this. It's considered the first, formal first Venezuelan horror film. Works for me. Okay, the the movie uh, has a historic setting. That the, the movie was filmed in an actual old house. Uh, it wasn't a set, and uh, which many believe to be actually haunted. And you know that really adds an authentic, eerie atmosphere to the film. And uh, the house's architecture and inherent spookiness significantly contributed to the film's suspense and mysterious ambiance. Won't you say? I mean, that's a fun film fact. I agree with that for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Uh. Fun film fact number three. Uh, this is actually inspired by real events. Now, while working on the story itself, uh, the, the story itself is, let me just say, the story itself is a work of fiction, okay? 
but uh, Alejandro Hidalgo uh, was inspired. Now, he's the director, writer, producer. This guy, he did everything. He was inspired by real-life accounts of paranormal experiences. And here's what you're really going to like. All right? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, he was inspired by horror experiences and time anomalies. Wow. I do like that. Yeah, yeah. And then he blended these elements with a deeply human story of family and faith, adding layers of realism to the supernatural aspect of the plot. Now, that's a fun fact, Billy. Oh, thank you. I'm going to get myself on the days. Anyway, uh, fun film fact number four. This turned out to be a breakout performance. Uh, the film turned, uh, the film featured a uh, Ruddy Rodriguez, a Venezuelan actress and model who was primarily known for her roles in telenovelas and romantic dramas. By the way, do you know the telenovelas? Billy. Of course I know the telenovelas, the Mexican, damn it. I used to watch those damn things with my grandmother. I was glued to the TV like this. Watch this. You know why I wear glasses? Because I was glued to the telenovelas like this. Oh, man, okay, yeah, I thought that, that was the reason why you were glad to be honest with you. You're real fresh tonight, Bill. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Anyway, her portrayal of the protagonist, Adulce, was a departure from her usual role and really received critical acclaim for its depth and emotional intensity. And that has been Four Film Film Facts with uh, Billy D.A.I. And uh, thank you so much for your time. We'll catch you again next time on another exciting episode of Four Film Film Facts with Billy D.A.I. It's just a segment. I know, but I, you know, I'm gonna, I, want, I want to do a proper standoff. This is what they call in the business a proper standoff. Oh, I'm sorry. It's what they call it in the business. I wasn't aware. Yeah, I know. I, 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 that's why I give it. Anyway, and, and now back to Rick. I'm right here. I know that's why I said it. And now, back to Rick and the studio. Okay. Very, I mean, I like it. I'm not complaining. It's very showman. A lot of showmanship from you, Billy. You showmanship, show eyeship. Uh, yeah, I can just say showmanship. Okay, okay, okay. So what kind? Uh, thank you so much for that, Billy. Appreciate you take one of these. What kind of horror film is this? This is supernatural horror. Is this now? Is this supernatural? I don't know how to categorize this without giving too much information away. But yes, we're going to say for now, supernatural horror. Is this film scary? Nothing really scares me anymore. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm going to give this movie a 2 out of 10 on the scary scale. It, uh, it's just, it's not that these things aren't scary. It's just that uh, I've seen it all. And uh, nothing really, nothing really scares me anymore, unfortunately. A 2 out of 10 on the scary scale. It's a little scary, it's a little, it's a little scary, but not too much. It's good, it's good, it's good scary. Anyway, is 
the jump scare in the house at the end of time overused? I don't think so. There are instances it does exist in the film. And by the way, I keep looking at myself when I... Oh, yeah, absolutely rewatch this stuff. Did you really think I don't watch myself? I absolutely... <laughs> I am my biggest fan. <laughs> I love watching this shit. I sound crazy now, but this, this is a really funny thing. Whenever I see this in the playbox, it's hilarious. I, I take such precaution to move the microphone without making... Because if you tap it too hard, it starts to make noise. So I take such precaution so that the audience doesn't hear that that I do this crazy hand movement like I'm playing the violin or something. Where was I? Though, the jump scare was not overused. Okay, and now, on to the things I liked as usual, sponsored by no one. The fact that this is considered Venezuela's formal, formally, First foray into horror movies. Congratulations, Venezuela. Take a bow. What a tremendous job for your first film. Scary in a good way. I know I just said that. Doesn't scare me. Doesn't scare me too much, but congratulations for it being such a great film. The set. That house was creepy. I mean, it just was. You know, it was amazing looking with all the doors and all the extra doors and the basement's basement and all the crazy construction and the dilapidated nature and the fact that it was candle lit. It looked scary. I also liked the fact that this house is allegedly haunted for real. IRL in real life, like the kids like to say. I also like the fact that this movie, The House at the End of Time, it felt. I know you just, Billy just told me that the actress is known for being a telenovela actress. You gotta be dramatic with the telenovelas. Ah. But the fact that this woman was a telenovela actress, really, I didn't know this when I watched it, really gave me that vibe when I was watching this. I kept watching myself. Do you know what? This is like watching a horror novella. This shit is good. In my pocket. But yes, I really enjoyed that style, the music, the dramatic nature of the film. It was brilliant. Congratulations, Venezuela. The things I didn't like as usual also sponsored by no one. Now, I know that there was a limited budget for this. So I'm not going to knock it too much. But the makeup, some of the special effects stuff. Wasn't great. That's all I'll say. Not much. Did I fall asleep watching this film? No. Now. Now. I did not. I couldn't. How could I? I was glued to the television said like a good novella makes you just, just stuck to the screen. Waiting and waiting for... For everything that the actresses and the actors are throwing at you and the performances, especially by Roddy Rodriguez as Dulce, you're just like this. Mm -hmm. It was phenomenal. No, I did not fall asleep. Was the house at the end of time entertaining? Well, I just said I didn't fall asleep to it. Of course not. Absolutely. 100% without a shadow of a doubt. This film was super entertaining. I couldn't look away, even if I tried. Do I endorse the house at the end of time? Which camera? 
This camera? That camera. Hi, my name is Rick, and I endorse the house at the end of time. Go watch it. Absolutely. And I'm doing the hand thing again. Hand thing. Do you know hand thing? Anybody know hand thing? If you're listening to this last episode, I gave you a thing to go look up. I said, Ted's caving page, Ted's caving page, Ted's caving page. Now I'll give you another classic internet thing. And I'm doing things with my hands again. A classic YouTube thing. Hand thing. Go to the old YouTubes and punch in hand thing. And uh, you'll thank me later. This film received a special introduction, and now it's time for a rating. And if you're familiar with our show, a special introduction means that this movie, Venezuela's first horror film, gets a 10 out of 10 on Rick's Horror Review Show. Rick's rated our horror review show. It was phenomenal. It was scary. It was dramatic. I know it's crazy to say that. I, I don't really like dramatic, but it was a novella horror film, and I absolutely, positively love this movie. Time travel, novella, horror. What else do you need to know? Go watch this movie. Okay, so all of this stuff so far. Billy, Billy, you there? Ah, I'm here. So all of this stuff so far has been completely spoiler free, and I feel naked without my jacket. Where's my jacket? Uh, All of this stuff has been spoiler-free thus far. But now, from here on on, we are moving into spoiler territory. And we're going to start with some context. We're going to get nerdy now. Now, if you don't know this about me, you might know this about me. You might not know this about me. I love time travel. <laughs> now, according, and by the way, we're going into context now. I already gave you a rating. If you want to stop here and not watch the rest of the shtick, sh- by all means, go and watch this movie. It's phenomenal. But if you're going to stick around, I want to talk about some, uh, you know, some real sciencey stuff here now. So traveling to the future. Maybe I should turn this music off. Traveling to the future, according to Einstein's theory of special relativity, time travel to the future is theoretically possible due to the effects of time dilation. Now, this is heavy duty, Doc. This is real heavy duty, Doc. And we're not going to get into like the meat of this. We're just going to go a, a broad overview of this stuff. But according to the special relativity, <laughs> according to the theory of special relativity, Time passes at different rates for observers in different states of motion, okay? Now, there's a million examples for this, but imagine this. Imagine an astronaut traveling at a significant fraction of the speed of light. He would experience time more slowly, he or she, or they. I don't want to get canceled they would experience time, this astronaut, at far slower, far slower than people on Earth. Let me repeat that. An astronaut traveling at a you know fraction of the speed of light, let's say ten percent the speed of light. Okay, that's uh, I'm like the speed of light is a huge speed. It's a huge number. Look at that one up. But an astronaut traveling at ten percent, ten percent the speed of light, 
would expand time more slowly than people on Earth. And let's say that this astronaut returned to Earth, this astronaut would find that the more time he spent traveling at 10% the speed of light, that the people on Earth effectively have traveled into Earth's future. I know, it's crazy. The astronaut would find that more time has passed on Earth for them than for them. So effectively, he now has traveled to Earth's future. I don't know, it sounds crazy and it sounds confusing. And maybe I'm not doing a tremendous job. If you're out there and uh, you are far more experienced with the time dilation effects and far more intimately familiar with the special relativity, uh, with the theory of special relativity, oh my goodness, please chime in. Maybe I made a mistake on de- uh, describing that. So this aspect of time travel is uh, well supported by experimental evidence and is in fact considered factual consequence of special relativity. They had done, I think, uh, there's this, I don't know if this is real, if I remember watching this, but an astronaut has a twin, goes up into space, one of the astronauts goes up into space. He's now re- rotating around the Earth much faster than, you know, than uh, the twin that's at home. When that astronaut returns, he finds that he is fractions of a second or you know fractions of a millisecond younger than the other one the one on earth stayed the one that stayed on earth is slightly older because of the effects of time dilation and because time passes at different rates for observers in different states of motion traveling to the past now time travel to the past time travel to the past buddy here's what you gotta do you gotta jump in your time machine you gotta load that some bitch up with 1.21 gigawatts of that will only be provided to you by plutonium. And time travel to the past is far more problematic than time travel to the future within the framework of Einstein's theories of both special relativity and general relativity. There are mathematical solutions in general relativity that appear to allow for the possibility of time loops, time loops, or things called closed time-like curves where an object could theoretically return to its own past. Now, these include certain exotic solutions like rotating black holes, wormholes, and of course, the Godel universe. Now, these solutions often require conditions or materials that may or may not exist in the real universe, IRL, IRL. Are you talking about the IRL universe right now? Are you confusing me? Yes, I am talking about the IRL universe. Oh, okay, I, I understand everything you're saying now. IRL universe, kill. I was a little confused before this point. So these solutions often require conditions or material that may not exist in the real universe, such as some kind of exotic matter with negative energy density to stabilize said wormhole. Of course, there's now also things, and we discussed this when we actually talked about, what's that movie that we reviewed? Totally Killer. Totally Killer. By the way, if you have not heard our review on the movie Totally Killer, it's a Totally Killer movie with a Totally Killer review, Marty. You need to go out and you're going to stop this review right now and go watch that before you continue. A 10 out of 10 for Totally Killer. 
So we talked about the grandfather paradox in that. Now, it's famous, and it's just a thought experiment, of course, in the philosophy of time travel and physics. It poses a hypothetical situation that highlights the potential for inconsistencies or logical impossibilities of time travel to the past. The time paradox is most commonly known for, or the most common version goes a little something like this. Now, imagine that a time traveler goes back in time. Imagine now that a time traveler goes back in time and kills their own grandfather before the time traveler's parent is conceived. If the time traveler prevents their grandparents from meeting their grandmother, the time traveler with parent would never be born, and consequently, the time traveler would never have been born. Great Scott! As the doc would put it. However, if the time traveler was never born, they could have never traveled back in time to kill their grandfather in the first place. This creates logical, 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 logical inconsistencies or the grandfather paradox. Now, the grandfather paradox raises fundamental questions about the nature of time and causality. It challenges the concept of changing the past and its effects on the present and future. There are several theoretical solutions that have been proposed uh, to resolve uh, you know, this paradox, including the Novikok self-consistency principle that was proposed by Dmitry Novikok in the 1980s, and this principle suggests that any action taken by a time traveler in the past must be a part of a single self-consistent timeline. In other words, events occur in a way that the time traveler would always have been part of the history and it's impossible to create a paradox because any attempt, because any attempt to alter the history or any attempt to alter the past would be precluded by the events that have already happened, Marty. That's impossible. That's not like self-consistency principle. There's also the multiple universal parallel words, that parallel worlds uh, theory, which proposes that the concept of parallel universes or multiverses are something that we traverse to in case of time travel. Now, according to this theory, changing events in the past spawns or shifts the time traveler into, into an alternate timeline, a universe where the consequences of their actions play out differently. Like an alternate 1985, thus avoiding any paradoxes in the original timeline. Marty, when you travel to the past, and if your parents actually didn't meet, now we've created an alternate 1985. Just like in Back to the Future. Now, there's physical impossibilities. Of course, some theories suggest that the laws of physics may inherently prevent such paradoxes from occurring. Thank you, laws of physics. For instance, it might be physically impossible to change the past or specific me uh, mechanisms that we just don't understand yet uh, that could potentially prevent the execution of actions that would lead to a paradox. There's also the curious case of quantum mechanics. Some interpretations of quantum mechanics suggest that the behavior of particles on a quantum level could theoretically allow for time travel without leading to classical paradoxes through phenomena like, uh, you know, quantum phenomena to like superposition and entanglement, which we're really not going to get into. Let's just consider them quantum, uh, quantum phenomena. 
now this would work in practice, especially on macroscopic scales, but all of this stuff, again, purely speculative and at best, purely speculative, purely theoretical, at best, speculative. Now, why the hell am I talking about all this shit? Well, anytime I get an opportunity to talk about time travel and paradoxes and quantum mechanics and the grandfather paradox, in a horror film, I'm definitely going to take that opportunity, Marty. 100% of the time. Ah, can you know that? I absolutely love this movie. Ah, this review's so long already. How are we going here? Oh, man. All right. Anyway, that is... Uh Context for you. Okay. Let's move on to plot review and uh, dramatic. Okay. So we're talking about a movie, A House at the End of Time. A movie. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a little rusty. We, we have done this in a while. I do things with my hands. I gotta move this little guy. A woman named Dulce with blood on her face is on the floor and she awakens next to broken mirrors somewhere for some reason. She's on the floor. And there's broken mirrors everywhere. And then she grabs a piece of these mirrors and she looks at herself and she says, Ah, mira. I could be a telenovela actress, mia. Oh, look at me. I could be a novela actress. Then she walks down some stairs in her long black gown. Because she's a long woman in a black dress. And she's holding this mirror, but now she's clutching it as a weapon, like a cuchillo time. And this house that she's in looks, you know, relatively, I would say, in decent shape, although it's rather quiet at this point. And Dulce looks around. She's walking towards the shrine, very much like this shrine right here. And she's walking towards the shrine and lines up a lantern. And now she's, and she looks around and, and then there's a scream. Ah! Que fue Ay, Dios mío! What was that scream? That was very scary. And she's spooked by the noise. And she walks towards the noise while calling out to Leo. Leo! Not the crapper, I'm too old for that one. Other Leo. My Leo, my hijo. Hijo! Hijo! And she walks towards the basement, with basement, which is, you know, relatively dark. And she keeps walking with her lamp and she keeps looking for Leo. Leo! Mijo! Where are you? It's scary down here. And it's dark, and she keeps walking, and then uh, suddenly her light begins to fade in the long dark. And as she's walking, she finds one Jose, her husband, and he's on the floor, and he's dead from a stab wound on the neck, and a knife handle is now protruding from the right side of his neck, the right side or the left side? They got a cuchilla from like right here. Wait, this guy like... And he's dead on the floor. And he's just like, I'm dead. Mira mujer. Mira mujer. Estoy muerto. Ah! <laughs> no. And he jumps at her and uh, gives her a quick jump scare. But uh, like a last ditch or the last uh, energy uh, 
in the body before he's dead dead. And Dulce, of course, is spooked. Adios mio! Adios mio, me deja un ataque al corazón. You're gonna give me a heart attack or jump in like that. You're gonna be dead dead and be dead dead. But don't be dead, just kind of dead. You gotta be dead, okay? Están muertos, están muertos. Pero si no están muertos, no están muertos. Okay? And then, Dulce asks the now dead dead Juan Jose, who did this to him? Juan Jose, are you dead dead or no? If you're not dead dead, I got a question for you. Tengo una pregunta para ti, Juan Jose. ¿Quién te dijo esto con el cuchillo acá en el cuello? Pues, who did this to your neck with your knife sticking right here? That looks very nasty. Who did that to you? Oh, great. Now you are dead dead. Ay, Juan Jose. Ah, oh, you so helpful as usual. Anyway, she continues and uh, she sees Leo over in the distance and she calls to him. Leo, ven pa' acá, mijo. Vente pa' acá. And Leo's just standing there and he's like. Mm. And she calls him again. Leo, ven pa' acá, mijo. Ven pa' acá con tu mami. Leo, come to your mama. Come to your mama right now. And Leo's like. He doesn't move, and then he slowly starts to tip forward. Like, just tip, tip, tip. Baby steps, baby steps. And suddenly he jacked back into the darkness, and a door closes behind him. And Dulce rushes to the door. Ah, amigo, ven pa' acá, amigo. I told you to come over here. Why? Who, who pulled you back there? Porque te jalo pa' allá atrás. Allá en la oscuridad está muy feo, weho. Who pulled you over there to the dark? Eh? Who be pulling my Leo? Don't be pulling my Leo. Only I pull my Leo. He's my mijo. Okay, I gave birth to him. Okay, he was 14 pounds. Big baby. So anyway, he's yanked back inside, and now she finds the key to open this door that Yi Leo was like, uh, yanked inside of. And she opens this door, and uh, this door basement, uh, this door in the basement leads to... A basement basement. And she walks through the door to the basement basement and she calls on the... Que la sangre de Dios me proteja, por favor. A ver, el hijo del Espíritu Santo. I call on the blood of the Christ to protect me. Okay? I pay my church fees. Now it's time to protect me with the blood, Okay? And she's now in the basement basement looking for Leah, but not Leo the crap here. And now she calls him Leopoldo. Leopoldo! Leopoldo Rodriguez. Hold on, is that? Play London. Leopoldo Rodriguez, I want you to come to me, your mama. I'm very angry at you. Don't be playing those crazy games with your mama. Suddenly she worries about whether or not she turned off the stove. Ay, Dios mío. Bueno, que pues apague la estufa ahí arriba. No quiero que se vaya a quemar la cadera. I turn off the stove. Ay, no me acuerdo. Que estaba comiendo y no en la apague la estufa. I, I was going to make the cooking of the food. And then I heard the creeping noise. And then I was on the floor. And then I forgot if I turned the stufa off. Ay, Dios mío, apague la estufa. Did I turn it off? Blood of the Cristo, please protect me and make sure that I do not burn the house down. And then she kneels like she tebows. 
And she lets off a scream. Ay, ya no me acuerdo, se pegue la estufa. And the title card of the movie. The house at the end of time. And then the uh, movie resumes with her now being in cuffs. And she's incarcerated and charged with the murder of her husband, Juan Jose, and Leo. And she goes away for 30 years. And we flash forward to the future. I will flash forward to the future, everybody. We got to do punch in these numbers. September 11th, 2011. And it's 2011 now, and Dulce is released from prison, but it's returned to the same home where all the crazy shit happened, where supposedly she murdered her child and her son. And now she's accompanied by someone, another woman, but, uh, you know, Dulce's not too happy being back there. A ver, mira, I just spent 30 years on the slammer. Now you're going to bring me to another slammer? Ay, Dios mío. I don't know who's to. Mejor regresame. I, I don't want to be here. Mejor regresame. Return to me to the cell, please. She's under some kind of house arrest, apparently. So Dulce looks around. Now that she's got the handcuffs removed. And uh, she's looking around the old house. And now she starts having flashbacks. And she sees Leo. And she sees uh, another kid running down the stairs. It turns out to be Leo. Uh, I'm sorry, Rodrigo. Leo's brother. Uh, Leo's younger brother, Rodrigo. And then we flash back to 2011, and she opens the door of the house now that she's no longer in cups, and it's a priest. And the priest walks in. Buenos días, señora. Soy el padre. Ah, who que estás haciendo tú aquí en mi casa? ¿Quién te mandó? Who, who, who sent you to my house, eh? Who, who, who told you you can come in here and do your god things in my house? I stopped believing many years ago. Okay? Oh, <laughs> calmada, Dulce, calmada. Um, no hay ningún problema, no problema, Dulce. I am just here to bless your house. This is the church doing its thing. I bring to you the blood of Christ and the, and the word of God, Dulce. He brings the word of God into the house and she wants the father to get to the point. Mira, mira, padrejito. Okay, acabo de llegar y tengo mucha hambre. Look at me, father, okay? It has been 30 years and I spent 30 years wondering if I turn off the stufa or not. That stove. And I, I, you, you gotta make a snap. I gotta go check to see if the stove is off. She wants the priest to get to the point, and the priest says, Mira, Dulce. Okay. Quiero decirte algo. I want to tell you something, Dulce. Please sit down. Mira, Padre, I want you to get to the point, okay? You're taking too long. Dulce, do you know? Dulce, do you know what is the best part of being a priest, Dulce? A ver, pues, te voy a decir ahorita que es mejor, la mejor parte, que no puedes tocar a una mujer. <laughs> the best part of being a priest is that you can touch women. <laughs> that is not funny, okay? The best part of being a priest is I tell you, I don't believe that you killed your husband and your hijo Leo, okay? I don't believe you can do this. And then the priest also asks why there's a basement. Basement. And Dulce says, Mira, I, I, listen, we just bought the house like this, okay? It wasn't renovated. Me dijeron que era una fixer up. Y yo dije, le dije a Juan José, bueno, mira, un poquito de trabajo y la arreglamos. Look, 
hasta Juan José, ok, it's a little fixer up, but we can live here, and then we can fix it before we move out, ok, no hay ningún problema, no problem. So I don't know, to answer your question, I don't know what there's a basement basement, ok, I just thought it was construction style of the whatever, the 1930s or something. The priest asks the woman, Dulce, then, who murdered her family? And Dulce now, changing her tone about the stove, Mira, padre, I hate to tell you this, but I did not murder them. Fue la casa. La casa está espantada y la casa los mató. The house is spooky and it does a spooky shit and it's and it murdered my family. I did not touch the knife that was in Juan Jose's neck like this. Let me show you, Padre. The neck, the knife was like this when I found Juan Jose. Okay, I found him. And then he lunged at me like, ah! But then he was dead, dead. But when I found him, I found him with the cuchillo. El cuchillo ya lo tenía ahí. I didn't do it. The cuchillo was already, the knife was already in his neck. They killed my husband, Juan Jose, and then they took my Leo. Okay, I don't know what happened. And then we flash back in time. Gotta get back in time. And go to a park. Or rather, we flash back to Leo, and he's eating, and his brother Rodrigo's in. This cereal is too dry, and it's more sugar. I mean, not dry, it's just like... It's too healthy. Where's the sugar, man? Did you get this? Did you did you get witties or did you get the frosted flakes, mama? Eh? Oh, you, you, what? What is this? This is no this no sugar. No tiene azúcar, mami. Esto no sabe bueno. Sabe a comida de viejito. This food tastes like all the people. Old people food. And they're rushing to eat their old people food because they got to go play the old baseball because uh, Leo. Mama, yo quiero ser un pelotero. Mama, I'm going to be a big league player. They want to be baseball players. And, you know, back in 1981, they, you know, they finish their food and they go off into the samba and they do their thing. But before they get there, they start doing all kinds of crazy shit with the other kids they're playing with. And suddenly, the other kids in them are filling up balloons with With their own pee? That's right, because that's what kids do. Not in the United one. And suddenly they find some random man in a suit and just lounge. Damn you, hijo de... Hijo de... Me toa la orina, you are... You kids are, you are son of a... I will tell you when you... But you're a kid. But I'm thinking. Okay, all of you are hijos de... Ah! And he didn't like it. And then they go and they play baseball and, uh, you know, they fight as kids do and, uh, you know, they get home late and they're afraid of knocking on the door. And they knock on the door and then Dulce opens the door. Mira que hora es, Leo. Eh? Look at the time, Leo. Eh? You're supposed to be taking care of your little hermanito. Okay, you're supposed to be the role model. 
Mira qué tarde. Ahora no comes. No food for you. Ok, you go to your room y tú haces tu tarea y no comida para ti, ¿ok? No quesadillas, nada. Ok, a ver si aprendes. Let's see if you learn the lesson this time. No food for you. And goes, Leo goes to his room and uh, you know, he asks her. Ok, mamá, no comida para mí, pero... Can I go to your room when... Uh, When I'm done with the, with the homework, uh, because the... Creo que hay un fantasma aquí en mi cuarto. I think there's a ghost here in my room. Can I go to yours? <laughs> fantasma. El fantasma que te voy a dar no termina la tarea. I will make you a ghost if you don't make it a, a homework. <laughs> El fantasma. Now I have heard it. Oh. Esto niño. And then suddenly we're back to Dulce and uh, now that she's in her door, uh, in her room and the door is locked, someone starts to jiggle at the knob. Someone's trying to come in. Trying to be opened. Ah? ¿Quién es? Juan José, ¿es that you? Ya regresaste a andar de borracho. Juan José, you come back from all your drinking. But you just left angry. But it's not Juan José, because there's a shot of Juan José. And Juan José's got his coat and he's on his way to booze it up. And then she calls to Leo. Leo. Eres tú. Eh, te dije que era la tarde. Todo yo todo de homework. No estás tocando la puerta, vaya a hacer su tarea, Leo. Me bueno, you are making me very pissed right now, Leo. You are being a very bad boy. Very bad. But it's not Leo. And now Rodrigo is also having the same issue with his door. Little, little Rodrigo, he's in his bed. And someone's doing some shit to this door. And Rodrigo's just like, oh, fuck. Ay, Dios mío. Ah, oh, the God. What is this noise? Who's coming in? Is that you, Leo? Leo, mama told you to do your homework, Leo. But don't be knocking on my door. Back to Dulce's room, the door is opened. Slight, but it can't be completely open because there's a door chain or whatever those things are called. And Dulce goes to check on the door, but not before long, a hand reaches around and grabs her, then it's an intruder. And Dulce goes and grabs the knife and stabs the door. She's about to stab the door, and then the hand, but you know, the hand is moved, or the hand moves out of the way, and she winds up stabbing the door. And then she asks again, Who it is? Bueno, te voy a dar con este cuchillo, ¿quién eres? I will stab you with this knife if you don't tell me who you are. This moment, I know it's not my Leo because he has not done his homework. He's in the room, so you tell me who you are. And back to Rodrigo's room, the candles now mysteriously turn off, and the door opens. But this kid, Rodrigo, follows the rules of horror and immediately covers himself with some blankets. 
Because he follows the rules of horror. He's a fan of Rick's Horror Movie Review Show, and he knows that the safest place to be, in case of demonic possession, vampire attempting to eat you, a ghost haunting your home, a zombie attempting to eat your brains, the safest place to be is under your blankets. But then a ghost kid enters his room, slowly but surely. The little Rodrigo is under his blankets. He's smart. And now we're in, well, we're back to uh, Leopoldo. And Leopoldo runs out of his room and Dulce runs out to find Leo, but can't open the door that, uh, that Leo runs into. And then she heads downstairs and she jiggles with the, just fiddling with the, she drops some keys and suddenly she falls and she hurts her toe. Ay, 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 me ping, ay, me me, my toe, it hurt. And she grabs the chef's knives and she walks upstairs and finally opens the door uh, to the room where she finds Leopoldo. Congratulations. And she runs into Rodrigo's room and finds him sitting on the floor and says that Leo scared him. Mama, el Leo no está en no Mama, Leo was not doing his homework. He came in here to scare me. The next day, the authorities combined. By the way, Juan Sosem missed all of this because he was out day drinking. It's actually nighttime. Night drinking. The next day, the authorities come by the house and, uh, you know, Leo, uh, I'm sorry, Dulce is there and says, and Juan Sosem is there and, okay, uh, señora, por favor, no puede decir que está bajando a jugar. I'm uh, 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 Dulce, can you please tell us what, the, what is the problem going on in, in your uh, spooky house, see? Mira, compramos esta caja hace cinco años y ya me di cuenta porque estaba tan barata. We bought this house five years ago and now I, I understand why it was so cheap. And the popo asks if the kids saw anything, but Leo's just... Mm. Like at the beginning of the movie. Mm. Other police are down in the basement basement from earlier and they're checking... A ver, oficial, ¿qué ve usted por allá? Do you see anything over there, partner? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, the weird construction of the basement, basement. I've never seen construction like this, but maybe it's some kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe it's un estilo europeo o algo así, mira. Maybe it's some kind of uh, a European style of construction, I mean, a foundation is you know, pretty strange foundation. También la fundación está medio extraña. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I creo me han dicho que es la caja en América. Maybe they have, uh, you know, influence from uh, America House with the, with the tornado basement. You know, the America, they have the tornadoes and the sharknadoes and the, and the tornadoes with the fire and the fire nado. And, uh, you know, they have all kinds of crazy... Uh, earthquake tornado in uh, in uh, everywhere in the America, all the country. And later that day, Leo, the police found nothing downstairs. By the way, <laughs> later that day, Leo tells Dulce, his mother, Mama, I have to tell. Te tengo que decir algo, mami. Es que, es que tengo una nota aquí para ti cuando vi a una señora. I have a note for you here. 
that a woman gave to me the other night when all the scary shit was happening in the scary house espantada. And Leo gives Dulce the note. And he says that Mira la noña me dijo que Bueno He said I cannot be playing with Rodrigo The woman told me that I cannot be playing with Rodrigo Que no podía jugar con él por tres días Pero yo quiero ser pelotero And Leo also told, or rather the woman asked Leo to give this note to Dulce, which he does. And now we're, if you got lost here a little bit, we're in 1991, and now we're punching in our time circuit numbers. This is what tells you where you are, this one tells you where you're going. We're going from 1981 to 2011 now, jump in, buddy. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. So we're back in 2011 now, the future. And Juan Jose, it's no, the father, el padre. Juan Jose is praying. I'm sorry, the father, father, not the kid's father, but the father, father who goes to church to become a father, not to have kids, to have babies and be a father, but rather a religious father where, you know, people who practice the religion call him father, that kind of father. That father is praying to a giant statue of some Jesus. And he's at his prayer, and he's at a convent or something, and suddenly as he's praying, a bunch of little wish not those children coming grab him. Ah, Padre, ha man, when okay, I regret Padre, we missed you. Where were you? Were you in that were you in that creepy house? We were told that it has like really weird construction. It has two basements or something. What? That's gotta be some kind of demonic possession, Padre. Tiene que ejerce el demonio. And the priest now goes to some archive and finds information about the house that this woman lives in. The White House. But not the White House, White House. That White House is in Washington, D.C., America. No, I'm talking about the White House that this woman lives in, Dulce. And he finds that this White House that Dulce lives in was owned and built by some family named the Eckhards. The Eckhards, an English family who also lived at this house and they disappeared without a trace on November 4th, 1951. November 4th, 1950. This is November 5th, 1955. That's the day I invented time travel. <laughs> I remember from Dulce's history. I was hanging up a clock in my restroom. Suddenly I slipped and I hit my head on the toilet and I drew a picture of this. It's the flux capacitor. It's what makes time travel possible. Not that day. Not November 5th, 1955. November 4th, 1951. And I reckon to think that this guy, being that he's building a time traveling movie, I think this is an Easter egg to Back to the Future, buddy. November 4th, 1951 is a little too close to November 5th, 1955. Then we're in the present and Dulce is seen walking to the restroom. She's walking, old Dulce. And suddenly she sees someone's reflection on them. Ay! What? Who asked? And she sees a reflection of somebody 
in a mirror, but the person that she saw doesn't seem to be a ghost. It seems like this person is actually there. And this person is brandishing a knife. It wasn't a ghost. I don't think it was. And she exits the room and she calls the police. Hello, 911. What's your emergency? Ay, Dios mío, 911. ¿Dónde estoy hablando? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 hold on, ma'am. Will I get you somebody who speaks Spanish? Oh, okay. I, uh, aquí espero. Ah, uh, sí, 911. ¿Cuál es su emergencia? Ah, uh, 911. Oh, no, tengo un número equivocado. Well, she calls the police down in Colombia, not American 911. That's the number for emergencies up here. And she calls them. What was I? But before she does this, she hears a noise in the room. And she enters the room, and the room is in a state of disarray. Uh-huh, yeah, that room is in a huge state of disarray. I saw that myself, uh-huh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho Man, what do you think about the state of this room? Uh-huh, well, yeah. It looks as if there was just a cage match that just occurred in this room, courtesy of the Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh-huh. Yeah, if it was me in there, I would have dropped an elbow, and I would have got the one, two, three, and that would have been it. Uh-huh, would have been a world champion. Uh-huh. Dig it! All right, thank you so much, Macho Man Randy Savage. Now she's perusing in this room that is in a state of disarray courtesy of the Macho Man Randy Savage and suddenly she notices the number 11 repeated five times written in red on this mirror. Written in blood supposedly. And then she walks backwards before someone grabs her. But she locks herself in the tomb. Ay, Dios mío, que esta bajando? Ay, vete de mi caja. You'll be gone of this house. You'll be gone of the White House. You go to the other White House. This White House is mine. And now we're back to the priest. And he realizes as he's searching the archives that this house was owned by a gentleman of the name. Was owned by a gentleman by the name, not of the name. <laughs> no can speak English. Ibrahim Eckhart. And the priest had... And the priest, as soon as he finds this information, he immediately heads to Dulce's house. And Dulce says, Ay, padre, que bueno que ya llego porque acabo de ver un fantasmita. Thank you for coming, father. I was just going to call you. I just saw a ghost. Ha! You saw what? Como? Ha! And he gives her like, Thousand pounds, sister side eye, the priest. Que usted vio un qué? Ay, padre, que vi un fantasma. <laughs> you saw a ghost. <laughs> ah, mira usted. Viene aquí a mi caja a hablarme de aquella cosa de arriba que no creo nada y no puede creer en un fantasma. You come to talk to me about this man upstairs. But you don't believe in a ghost. Ha! Ha! And now he tells Dulce that Ibrahim is the person who built the house and his entire family disappeared before the government took over the house and started selling it to people. And now we're back in 1981. Back in 1981. And the Dulce from 1981 says to Juan Jose that her kids... 
can't be playing together. Now, if you remember earlier, and this is such a get such get confusing here. She got a note from Leo that a woman that visited Leo gave to Leo, and Leo gave her the note. So he has this note, 1981 Dulce has this note, and it says they cannot play together. And Dulce shows the note to Juan Jose, and Juan Jose in the note says, Mira Juan Jose, la nota que dice que Juan Jose is going to kill your kid. Your kid. Your kid? Your kid. I know her. Pero mira, aquí dice, you are going to kill my kid. And Juan Jose, I cannot happen. Okay, I cannot have, I cannot have this. Ha! Juan Jose obviously doesn't believe in you. Ha! Mira, está bien loca tú. Era la borracha, tú o yo. <laughs> Are you the drunk or am I the drunk? No, you're just a crazy. Okay. And Rodrigo, back to Rodrigo, the little kid. Rodrigo is outside and he gives a little girl a pearl. Ah, mira, tengo una perlita para ti. I have this little pearl for you. It comes in the clams, and the clams are very stinky. And then they, they poop this pearl. But I give you this poop pearl to you because, mira, you want it or no? And then he kisses, and he kisses this little girl. And the kids, ah, hey! But you don't like it, the poop pearl. Two seconds later, not two seconds later. The girl asks him to be his boyfriend, her boyfriend. And now Dulce, because she believes she saw a ghost, goes and talks to a fortune teller, but he doesn't hesitate. She brings that fortune teller to her house. And Dulce gives the fortune teller that stupid paper. Mira, eh, señora uh, Veronica, me ve. And the fortune teller is blind. Si puede ver lo que estoy haciendo, cuántos dedos? How many fingers am I holding up? Can you see me? No, Dulce. No puedo ver. Estoy ciega. I'm sorry. Her name is not uh, Veronica. It's Victoria. So Dulce gets the fortune teller, the paper, and then the woman just, she just burns it up. No lo necesito. And then the teller asks Dulce to close her eyes, but open her ears to hear from the great beyond and listen to the spirits that Victoria will manifest. And Dulce closes her eyes and keeps hearing things. I, when Noki, que se ese ruido, what is that noise? Mira que no, I don't hear very well, but. It sounds like a creepy. Ay, que fue eso? And while all this is happening, the screen is completely black as if, you know, the camera was the woman's eyes. And, and we do hear some creepy shit that's going on, but we also don't see what's going on. And then the fortune teller says, Mira, he hecho contacto. Ya he hecho contacto con el Mahaya. I have made contact with the greater beyond. But you must keep your eyes closed or else you will spook them. I, <laughs> I pushed the wrong button because the eyes were closed. 
And then some kid was about to be killed by the old man that touches Dulce before she screams and she opens her eyes. Ah! Ah! que estoy viendo fue una ilusión. What am I seeing? This old man is about to kill somebody. And we're back to the kids playing the old baseball. And this scene gets a little confusing because it was a scene of the old man who we saw earlier. And he's about to kill somebody. Uh, and then he touches Dulce. But she screams and opens her eyes and suddenly he's no longer there. This is all happening during the seance event. And now another scene. We're back to the kids playing baseball. And Leo. This part gets a little sad actually. We're playing baseball and Leo is at bat. And they have a little competition go- competition going on. Leo and Rodrigo, they're brothers, you know, brotherly competitions. And unfortunately, Leo hits a line drive and knocks uh, Rodrigo right in the forehead. It hits him right in the forehead and, and Rodrigo just immediately, instantly falls to the ground. And in the complete shock of events at this point in the movie, I wasn't expecting this. Unfortunately, Rodrigo dies. Little brother dies. And during the next scene, we're at uh, Rodrigo's funeral, and, uh, you know, not much is being said, but uh, somebody approaches Leo, uh, one of Leo's friends, and they do their special handshake, and, you know, uh, Leo tells his friend that he is now his only family, and it was a real sad event. So the scene after that, Juan Jose is enjoying a smoke. I'm sorry, the father... That's Juan Jose. The father is enjoying a smoke while looking at some calendar. Huh? And then looking at another calendar. Huh? And he's looking at something and, uh, and then he looks at the clock. Uh, Continues looking at the calendar. And if you don't know, if you're just listening, I'm doing crazy shit with my eyes and my hands. And making stupid faces. And he does this for about 10 minutes. And then he realizes that it is 11, 11 of the year 2011, November 11th, 2011. And back to the house, Dulce is now self-mutilating or is about to murder herself or commit suicide before the father enters, thankfully, and saves her and grabs her shoulder. And Dulce says that she survived 30 years of jail in the hopes of finding her last son alive, Leo. Now the police come to take the father away because apparently there's no visits on Sundays. It's the last day. Father, you can't be... Padre, usted no puede estar aquí. Hoy es el día de Dios. Okay. Por favor, regrese a su convento, por favor. Return to your convent. Okay, do not come into the house with the basement, basement, because we still have not figured out what kind of construction this is. As the father leaves, he tells her it's 11, 11, 11 and hands her his crucifix. Remember how uh, uh, what hard time we had calling the crucifix a crucifix, like the first or second episode of this show? And she doesn't want to Padre, yo no quiero esa cochinada de usted. Yo no creo en eso. Llévelo. Father, I do not believe in none of that stuff. You take your crucifix with you. I do not want it. But he insists. When? Okay. 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 You can leave it. And we're back in. We're back in 1981. I would try to jump into the DeLorean. Beep, beep, beep. Make sure it's full of plutonium. Or if you have a fish or fuse, you're ready to fuel. 
You're this son of a bitch up and punch in the numbers. 1981. With this, with this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit, Marty. We're back in 1981, and Juan Jose, while still grieving Rodrigo's death and smoking, now it's Juan Jose. And he's smoking his pipe. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, mi Rodrigo. Oi! I dropped him my pipe. And he drops his pipe, and suddenly he finds Dulce's secret box. And in the box, there's the key. And this key is to open a drawer. And in this drawer, he finds a note. And on that note, he finds a secret. And that secret says that he is not Leopoldo's father. And now again, it's 11, 11, 11, at 11, 11, and the lights go off. And Juan Jose, being Juan Jose, mira, aquí no me van a espantar nadie. Me voy a tomar una, una cervejita. I'm not going to be as spooked. Okay, that stuff it doesn't work. I'm going to go get myself a beer. Okay? You cannot spook me. I got too many adult problems for the spook. Okay? You can get a spook. You don't have to worry about the mortgage to be a spook. Now, that's a scary. You're going to scare me with a mortgage? Ha, little ghost scared me with the you know I, I, el, 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 la vida ya es muy scary no necesito un fantasmita the real life is already scary okay I got the mortgage I got the kids to pay okay I got the wife okay the little ghost he doesn't scare me okay ah me voy I drink oops and now, back to the present, 2011. Dulce opens a door that is locked from the inside, or tries to open a door that is locked from the inside. And here's where shit starts to get real interesting. Because as she props this door open, it stops, and it stops by a door chain. The door chain from earlier in the movie. She's now trying to open the door that houses her old self back in 1981. Old Dulce being in 2011 as she's doing it. So the outside is 2011. The inside is 1981. I got myself a little bit of time travel. The house has allowed for a fold. Something has been wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull, Marty. This is heavy duty, Marty. The house has allowed a fold in space. Time or allowed her to somehow travel back to 1981 to see her young self. So now old Dulce and young Dulce are talking to each other and there's some kind of time loop happening and then the Rodrigo from 1981 sees his now dead brother underneath the sheets and that's the scene from earlier. So the Rodrigo from later in 1981 opens the door to his brother's room that houses his brother earlier in 1981. And when he covered himself with the sheet and that kid came in, that was 
It's brother from the future. Huh? This is the one I've been waiting for all my life, party finally. 88 miles per hour. Einstein has just become, Rodrigo has just become the first, Leo has just become the world's time, the first time traveler. So he opens the door and he walks into the room and he sees his brother. His brother is now dead. But he sees him because he traveled back in time when he opened that door to earlier in 1981. But it gets better. Old Dulce gives Leo the note from earlier. So Old Dulce is traveling through other doors in the house, also in 1981. And she is the one that hands Rodrigo that note from early in the movie. And later, Leo hugs Rodrigo from the past in a beautiful scene. Mi hermanito, dame un abrazo. And then Leo from the past, or earlier 1981, recognizes old Dulce from 2011 as his mother, and he embraces her in another beautiful scene. And now Dulce from 2011 tells Rodrigo not to play for, with his brother for three days. We found earlier in the movie that somebody had told him this. Now we know that it's old Dulce telling her son in 1981 not to play with her brother because of obviously old Dulce knows what happens when they play together. And Dulce gives Rodrigo the, from the past, obviously, the note from earlier and the note that he gave to his mother in 1981. And the shit starts to get confusing. Follow it a little bit. You have Dulce from 2011 traveling to 1981 to see her sons in 1981. And then her son from later in 1981 sees his brother from earlier in 1981. Shit gets confusing, but we got it here. We got it now. Now the scenes where, uh, from earlier where Dulce checks Leo and then she checks Rodrigo at the beginning of the movie are happening for us right now. Again, and now we're seeing what's happening. And then Rodrigo from the later 1981 sees no one in the room anymore. So his brother is now gone. So that door to the earlier 1981 is closed. But old Dulce from the present doesn't see anyone anymore either. The only person she sees... You're the old man again. Why are you here? I want to see my kids. Must you some older man? Está más viejo que yo. You're an old man more than me. What? Why do you? Why do you? Why are you in this house? The later Leo from 1981 sees Juan Jose who looks like he is about to stab Leo. Now, Juan Jose, as we know now, and again, and some of the most novella-ish shit ever knows. Juan Jose. Digo, yo soy Juan Jose. Leo, usted no es mi hijo. I am not your papa. And he tells him he's not his father and that he's not his son. And, uh, you know, suddenly Dulce from 1981 steps out to see what's going on as she sees the squabble. And there's a slight struggle. And Juan Jose confronts her about Leo not being her son. Mira, okay? Escúchame tú, Dulce. You will listen to me now, okay? 
I was smoking. Estaba fumando la pipa. Ay! And then I dropped the pipa and I found the key in a box. A little secret, una cajita secreta underneath the bed. And in that cajita secreta, I found una, una llavecita. Y luego la llavecita, I used it to, the, to unlock the drawer. And in the cajón, I found a nota. Una nota. I read the note. Okay, you wrote it in, 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 in Espanol. And I speak Espanol. Okay. And then the nota says very clearly that you had a lover. Ha! Traicionera! And it says right here, the Leo is no mi hijo. No es mi hijo. He is not my son. Okay? I don't need no Mori Povich to tell me. No DNA test. The father confessed. What have you to say for yourself? ¿Qué vas a decirme ahora tú, pues, dulce? Eh, que aquí tengo el cuchillo listo. Anyway, after that squabble, you know, yeah, dulce tries to calm him down. And, Mira, Juan Jorge, ay, que cal, let's not be hasty, Juan Jose. Let's calm it down, okay? But there's a slight struggle, and he tells her everything, and she tells him everything, and then suddenly... From out of nowhere, the old man with the knife is down in the basement again. And old Dulce now follows the old man down in the basement. And there's a slight confrontation between them two. And it turns out... Mira, Dulce. I, I have to tell you a secret. I'm not just un viejito con el cuchillo, Dulce. I am your son, Leo. Leo? Ay, mamá, listen to my voice. Eh, it's a me, your hijo. Ay, Leo, eres tú. Mira, está muy viejito, más viejito que yo. Ay, Leo, you are an old man. And it turns out that the old man is Leo from 2071. More time travel. And now we're back to the day of Rodrigo's funeral. And Juan Jose tries to kill Leo. And there's a back and forth between Juan Jose and Leo, a slight one. And then Leo runs and locks himself somewhere to escape his... Not that. And old Leo tells Dulce, mira Dulce. I mean, I smoke now. I am an older man, mamá. Mira, le tengo que decir algo, mamá. La religión ni la ciencia... Can explain this house, okay? La the religion and the and the and the science, like the quantum physics and the, and the theory of special relativity and general relativity and paradox. None of that stuff can explain this house. No lo puede explicar ni la ciencia ni la religión. And the God no can explain this thing to you either, eh? Okay. And then Juan Jose, back in the day of Rodrigo's funeral, continues to chase Leo. And then Leo from 2071 tells his mother that the people who built that house now live in the future. And just as Juan Jose is about to kill Leo. Ahora sí, te la voy a dar, pequeño que no eres mío. Ven pa' acá. Tengo un regalito. No, no es un cuchillo. <laughs> Leo, come to... Uh, 
you're not papa i, I have gift for you <laughs> and uh oh, ah ah technical difficulties and it's about to kill him but now dulce from uh, it gets confused old dulce pulled leo and young dulce from the beginning of the movie is clutching the mirror again oh i'm confused so juan jose is about to kill Leo and old Dulce travels to 1981 and stabs. She's the one that stabs Juan Jose and they made a thumb, I hold it. Ay, 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 yamela. En el cuchillo, con el cuchillo, en el... Ay, ahora sí. If you excuse me, I'm going to die, but I won't be dead dead for a little bit. I still have to do a jump scare. Ay. So old Dulce travels to 1981 and stabs Juan Jose on the neck, and he's dead, but not dead yet, as we saw from the beginning of the movie. And now young Dulce from the beginning of the movie is clutching the mirror, as we saw earlier, and is now looking for Leo like we saw at the beginning of the movie. And then we see Leo over there when he was taking his little baby steps towards her, but it turns out that old Dulce was the one that pulled Leo into the room in the 1980s because, sorry, Leo doesn't know this. Dulce from 1981 doesn't know this, but Leo's going to have a disease for which there is no cure for in the 1980s. And she pulls old Dulce from 2011, pulls Leo from 1981 into 2011, and now he's safe in the future in 2011 with old Dulce. And back in 2011, old Dulce speaks with the priest and tells him, Mira, there's something about the past I have to tell you, Padre. I have traveled. I jump in time machine and I come to 1981 and I take my son and I save him and he's here now. Ah! Great Scott, Dulce. Interessante. And yes, and now 1981 Leo is in 2011 with old Dulce. And here's the interesting thing. It turns out that that kid that Leo did a handshake with at the funeral, his brother's funeral, as soon as the father comes in, he's like, bro. And they do their funky handshake. It turns out that the father is Leo's friend from 1981. Great Scott. What a twist. And as the priest and Leo leave, because now he's going to be the one that cares for Leo, his friend, uh, they walk outside where the, uh, you know, where there's obviously the woman was in, under house arrest, Dulce was. So he's walking out, Leo's walking out with the priest, and suddenly the guards stop him. Hey, ¿dónde va usted con este? ¿Dónde viene este chamaco? Where is this kid coming from? Did he come from the basement basement? Mira. This este hijo. Es de la señora Dulce que vino aquí del año 1981 en una time machine que se llama la DeLorean. He traveled here to 2011 from the 1981 because he has a disease and he's a future boy now. ¿Entiende? Do you understand that he's a future boy? <laughs> Ay, padre. You are very funny, man. You like at the time travel movie, yeah? Have you seen that, that time travel at Back to the Future? <laughs> I have one got to travel to the future. <laughs> That's like my favorite. That's like my favorite line. 
¡Ay, Dios mío! That's what the doctor the Brown says, ¿no? And the other one's like, no, he says Great Scott. Así, mira. Ah, Great Scott. Ah, sí, sí. Tú lo tienes correcto. You are correct. He does say Great Scott. Now, ay, Dios mío. Mil disculpas. Excuse me. And as they walk out, they see Rodrigo's old girlfriend. The girl that he gave that nasty pearl, the poopa pearl thing. And then suddenly, the movie ends, and that's it. That's it for this one. And what a way to end it. You won't have any more to say. As I've already said, this movie was a 10 out of 10. Time travel, horror, drama, telenovela shit. A 10 out of 10. But the house at the end of time. And I think that's going to do it for us. We're also at the end of time. But if you're still here somehow, an hour and 28 minutes into this episode, potentially being our longest episode ever. We thank you so much and we appreciate you being here and we hope to see you next time on another exciting time-traveling episode of Rick's Horror Review Show. That's Rick's rated R horror movie review show where we review all things related to horror. Thank you so much and we'll catch you on the next episode. Great music. Might as well let it play out.